재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 In Nepal, a staggering 1.6 million children between the ages of 5 and 17 years are estimated to be in the workforce with little to no regulation or safety guidelines. This is according to the Nepal Child Labor Report. Now, child labor is decreasing across the world, but Nepal is still facing hosts of challenges uh, when it comes to protecting the rights of children. And to learn more about this, we're very pleased to have joining us from Walk Free Foundation Research Manager, Catherine Bryant. Hello. Hello. Ms. Bryant, thank you so much for joining us. Um, We know that Nepal, uh, especially through that recent report, has a reputation for being one of the worst places for child labor. What are the major causes behind this uh, incredibly high rate of child labour there? Um, interesting with Nepal, um, as you mentioned, the most recent report, um, which I've had the privilege to work on, is called the Global Slavery Index. Um, and this focuses on child labour, the worst forms of this, which is the most exploitative forms of children in uh, sex trafficking, uh, children being forced to labour in brick kilns, in construction, etc., What's important to note is that these forms of the worst forms of child labour actually affect many countries throughout the Asia Pacific region um, and have a variety of causes or factors that make children particularly vulnerable. Um, specific to Nepal, we see um, high levels of poverty, uh, which makes children particularly vulnerable. Um, we also see discrimination against uh, specific groups, as well as the impact of obviously the, the recent earthquake, which has led to mass displacement and uh, high levels of poverty, which again put children at risk of the worst forms of child labour. And uh, and apparently, uh, even before the earthquake, there was always a severe problem with child labour in Nepal. Is there a problem with the, I suppose, being generally a poor country, but the lack of resources or even a regulatory environment to protect children there? What's What's really interesting about Nepal is that they do have um, lots of the key pieces of legislation that we would be looking for to combat the worst forms of child labour and and child labour itself. Um, For example, they've ratified key international conventions, uh, such as the Convention on the Rights of the Child, um, and they've also translated that into uh, relevant domestic legislation, uh, such as the Child Labour Act, um, which was implemented in, in 2000. We also have seen an increase in political will where the government has started to investigate, um, most recently, cases of uh, child sex trafficking. However, there is still a lot to be done. Um, There's obviously the need to build um, social infrastructure, we would say, so improving education and also the provision of health. There are a lot of these major international, multinational corporations, um, household names, in fact, that have been receiving some bad press over the years, uh, having found that some of their factories have utilized cheap labor. What do you think, and we know that there is a profit motive and they are um, corporations that are for profit, but what can uh, multinational corporations do to help this situation as far as uh, not being in a situation where one of their subsidiaries are, are, is exploiting child labour? The key thing, uh, the key action that multinationals can take is is making sure that they're investigating their supply chain. And you correctly mentioned it's not just focusing on the kind of the first tier of your supply chain, but actually going down to subcontractors, making sure that there isn't any cases of child labour being used. Um, some tools they could do to, use to do this is obviously audits or inspections. Um, we also would say that multinationals have a a role to play in terms of raising consumer awareness. There's some interesting work being done in Nepal by an organisation called Goodweave, uh, which 
actually has uh, raising awareness of consumers to drive consumer demand for goods that are made by um, by child labour. Uh, Goodwe, for example, focuses on the manufacture of carpets. Now, I know that some people do not like the uh, the cultural relativity argument, but what about the, I guess, perspective that a lot of these countries, uh, if they are poor, a lot of the uh, families that are struggling, um, they might say that, look, our child working or this child who is trying to uh, provide some help for that family really has no choice in there. Um, are there any other solutions in place to, to help these uh, children out that doesn't necessarily have to kind of fall into that sort of uh, very difficult debate? Definitely. I think um, the crucial part of that, that discussion is around what form of child labour we're talking about. Obviously, we're not talking about banning child labour where children are working for a couple of hours after school and are, and are getting a full primary and, and secondary education. Mm. We're focusing on the worst forms of child labour. So those forms that we would consider to be a human rights abuse. So in that case, I don't think the cultural relativity argument stands for those most exploitative forms. We have a lot of non-governmental organizations, uh, international groups uh, who have been making efforts to try and and alleviate this problem in some way. Uh, It does feel like an an insurmountable, uh, I guess, uh, issue to deal with. What do you think the international community, including um, civic groups and NGOs, can better do to, to try and either raise awareness but also try to reduce these numbers of child laborers? Um, definitely. I think we're talking about a very complex problem and, and also not one sole problem. We have cases of um, forced labor in different industries. We also are talking about commercial sector exploitation as well. Um, so there isn't one simple, one size right. solution, unfortunately. Um, in terms of looking at international organizations, of course, they have a role to play ensuring that international conventions are actually upheld in in Nepal and other countries. But it also is a collaborative effort. It's not one agency or one organisation responsible for this. The Nepalese government would obviously have to play a role as well as businesses. And bottom line, when we have these various governments, it's, it's of course a very diverse world and governments have different philosophies, they have different polit- political views, um, They might there might be cultural issues, but what do you think are some of the reasonable measures that um, governments around the world, if you have uh, a country that does have a child labor problem, what can they do uh, to, to reduce these numbers? Um, at the Walk Free Foundation and, and in the Global Slavery Index, we very much take a criminal justice approach to this problem. So it's also so it's um, making sure international conventions are ratified, translating that into domestic legislation, and then the crucial kind of final step of enforcing that legislation, making sure that police are aware of what laws and are taking active steps to enforce them. We would also be looking for governments to take a whole-of-government approach, making sure that they're able to respond to child labour as kind of part of a broader problem or as part of, in the case of Nepal, a problem that's been exacerbated by the recent natural disasters there. Um, So while we would ask governments to take these kinds of actions, we would also ask them to collaborate closely with businesses and also for consumers to be part of that uh, solution and driving consumer demand for goods that aren't produced by child labour. Right. It certainly is a very, very difficult problem indeed. Ms. Bryan, thank you so much for joining us. really appreciate your time here. Thank you so much. That was research manager from Walk Free Foundation, Catherine Bryant. Soul City News up next.